Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Are we involved in the lives of hurting people? Have we become this holy huddle and the people around us don't know that there is hope? You see, that was never the lifestyle of Jesus. And I think we have to challenge ourselves that we don't become these religious people that move into a a little building, do our deal, love God, worship, all that's incredible, study the word, incredible. And yet we make no impact on the society in which we live. All around you, people are hurting. They are your co-workers, people you see at the grocery store, in your church, maybe even in your home. They're looking for solutions to the issues of their lives. Pastor Mark's teaching today will be addressing these people and the root cause of their problems. He'll tell you how some of these people, because of their neglect of the first commandment, find themselves violating the sixth one. You'll hear about what your job as a Christ follower is in making a difference in their lives. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Exodus chapter 20 as he begins his message, Respect Life, No Anger. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Now we're going through, as you turn to Exodus chapter 20, go down to verse 13. We're going through studying the Ten Commandments that are part of the Old Testament law given to us by God. God alone defines the rules of life, how we're to do life. And these cones that are here are simply representative of a path of all the commands in the Bible, starting with the Ten Commandments. If we'll obey them, that is the only path that leads to freedom and purpose and life. Now, this is a picture of the Ten Commandments. And we learned as we started them that they're actually broken up into two groups. The first four commandments talk about how you relate to God. So we're to love God. The second four, excuse me, the second six, the second part of those Ten Commandments, are how you relate with other people. So it's human to human. So we love God and we love one another. Now, what would it have been like if God gave us the first four but didn't give us the other six? How would you and I know how to relate to other people. We wouldn't. We'd be totally on our own. To be very honest, that's the way most of the world lives. Oh, they don't even know the first four. 
but they certainly don't know how to relate to one another as humans. We begin Exodus chapter 20, look at verse 13. You shall not murder. Four words. Pretty cut and dry. Actually, the Hebrew is even simpler. The original language in the Hebrew says this. No murder. What is murder? Well, first thing to write today, let's just make sure we have it in our mind together. Murder. Premeditated, unlawful killing of another human. So God says in this sixth command, no murder. I already know some of you are saying, okay, Pastor Mark, got it. That's clear. What are you going to do for the next 55 minutes? I mean, personally, Pastor Mark, I've never murdered anybody in my life, and I really don't plan to. So what are you going to do with this? You must have to go to the next commandment, because I got this one down cold. Hold on. Are you giving us a break so we can go home early right now? No. So are we going to have anything else to say? Oh, lots to say. You see, this is just the tip of the iceberg given to us in the Old Testament. Now, what happens when this simple command is not obeyed? Keep your finger right there. We'll be back in a moment. Turn in the New Testament to the book of Romans chapter 1. You see, Paul begins to explain to us something very important. When we leave God out of our lives, man doesn't know how to relate to other humans. And bad things really happen. We begin in Romans chapter 1 and go to verse 28. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, that simply means that these people didn't obey the commands, were not interested in God, didn't have God in the sights of their life. Well, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what? ought not to be done. That tells us something. If we leave God out of our life, we're going to do what shouldn't be done. Verse 29. And they have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. In fact, they are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, Slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless. And look at this last word, ruthless. That is a picture of what man is and does to other men and women without God. Do we see any of that in our world today? You remember this Friday, a 40-year-old man, premeditated, takes his car, blocks the back entrance, walks in and blows away 13 people before killing himself. Now we're going to find out later why he did that. Well, that isn't the end. If you noticed yesterday in another part of New York, the police department sent their officers and responded to a domestic violence. They'd been there before. The husband 
had all his protective gear on and killed three policemen. He was just wounded in the leg before being taken in. And if you got up early enough this morning, you saw out in Washington State, the police went to a trailer and found five children, three to 13, murdered by their dad, who two miles away killed himself. Now, why is this? This next statement you need to write. If we leave God out of our lives, nothing else works. You see, everything starts with a relationship with God. If I don't have God as first in my life, that first commandment, then I can't expect the other human relationships in my life to work. They can't work. God must come first. Now, here's a little question for all of us, and I think it's a challenge. It is to my heart. I want you to think about this 40-year-old that just blew these 13 people away. This husband that had enough, some kind of a domestic thing and killed three policemen. And, well, how about this dad that killed five of his own children? And I don't mean this in a negative way, but I want you to ask yourself a question. Were there any Christ followers in these three people's lives? How did these people get to a place where there was no hope? Are we just here doing church? I stand with our wonderful worship. Are we involved in the lives of hurting people? Have we become this holy huddle and the people around us don't know that there is hope? You see, that was never the lifestyle of Jesus. And I think we have to challenge ourselves that we don't become these religious people that move into a a little building, do our deal, love God, worship, all that's incredible, study the word, incredible. And yet we make no impact on the society in which we live. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Why did God give this command? Why Why did he place such a high value on life. Well, we learn very simply in that first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, this key. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And notice, and the man became a living being. Why did God place such a high value on life and said, you shall not murder? Because this, write it down. Life is sacred because it is a gift from God. You see, this breath probably refers to much more than just life because the animals around Adam were already breathing. This breath was the infusion of the spiritual part, the moral part of man. You see, God knew that sinful man would be tempted to violence and bloodshed. So God wanted man to know that humans were very different than all other created beings. God loves animals. I love animals. 
we have a little dog, and she's name is Misu, and she's a Shih Tzu, and she. Well, when we're at the table eating, if she happens to be hungry, she'll come over, and she'll just sit there and look at us, and she does this. In other words, I'm here. I'm here. Something coming off the plate? I'm here. Now, Misu is created different than you and me. She has life, but she doesn't have spiritual life. She doesn't have a moral compass. She can't relate to God. Now, God loves animals, but she can't relate to God. When Linda goes to do her Bible study for the study that she teaches, and when I'm doing my study, you don't see Misu down there with her Bible and praying to God. No, when she dies, she just goes in the ground, and and that's it, and we'll get another Misu in heaven or whatever. But we're very, very different. I will live forever. Life is a gift. God says, don't take it. Man, you can't take another man's life. Well, turn with me to Genesis 9-6. We get a little idea how God is going to punish people if They don't do right. Notice. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God, God has made man. So man is the only one that's created in the very image of God. We're the only ones that can communicate with God. We're the only ones that have a soul and a spirit. And life is in the blood. And that life comes from God and should be respected. Now, you don't need to write this next statement. God is giving the penalty. You're going to see it as we move on. So God gave us life. Life is in the blood. Here's this next statement. Let me read it to you. Since God is the giver of life, only God has the right to decide when it should end. Now, the world doesn't understand that. They don't relate God. Remember Romans 1? They don't have anything to do with God. They think they're here or when they die, that's it. No, no, no. God is the giver of life. Without it, Adam's nothing but a body with nothing happening to it. And only God has the right to decide when it should end. Thus, no murder. We can't do that. Now, let me just take a little two-second dividing point here and explain something to you. Go back and look at that verse. Look, it says, whoever sheds the blood of man, what about shedding the blood of animals? Now, from time to time, people write me and the Bible teaches only vegetarian or whatever. I don't have time to get into it today. Just make a little note. Genesis 9, 3, you can go back a few verses. I know some of you will read it right now, but it's okay. Here's what it says. Everything that God gives us can be food. And that's repeated in the New Testament. So you can be a vegetarian if you like. It's no problem. I like a lot of vegetarian stuff. I eat it a lot. You can be a meat eater if you want. It's never about those things. You see, we can kill animals. How do I know that? God killed the animal right in the Garden of Eden. First thing off. He made clothes for Adam and Eve. Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he was celebrating what? The Passover. What was he eating? The Passover Lamb. So, again, be a vegetarian. Enjoy it. It's not a religious deal. You can't point to it. It doesn't mean it's good or bad. It's just what you've chosen. 
I like a lot of vegetarian things. Be a meat eater. It's okay with God. You can be a meat eater. If you're going to be a vegetarian, good. You're going to be an meat eater, good. If you eat too much meat, you're going to go to heaven sooner than you should. So be careful. All right. Now, let's get back to what we were talking about. All those of you that put that big steak down, you're going to be guilty. All right. Now, well, Pastor Mark, what are these practical issues relating to no murder? Let me give you a few and then we'll expand it. Number one, abortion is murder. Life begins at conception. Psalm 51 says, for I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. The Bible does teach that life begins at conception. In fact, science tells us that human life begins at the time of conception. Did you know this? From the moment fertilization takes place, the child's genetic makeup is already complete. A little science for you. Individual life begins with conception. By the union of the couple's sex cells, the 23 chromosomes from the parental Sperm fuses with the 23 chromosomes from the maternal egg. At fertilization, God brings these two together to form a single cell embryo full of potential because there's 46 chromosomes. At that moment, life begins. Abortion is murder. Now, let me say this. Some of you ladies are here. Maybe before you came to the Lord, you had an abortion. Let me just say this to you. Abortion is forgivable. Every sin is forgivable. If every sin isn't forgivable, we're shutting the doors and walking out. So if you had an abortion, God forgives. By the way, you guys look at the lady and go, well, I didn't have anything to do with it. No, some of you men talked the young lady into an abortion. That's also forgivable. So there's nothing that we do in life that isn't forgivable. Don't leave this building with guilt. God forgives. Amen? God forgives. Say, well, I, I didn't have an abortion. Oh, I'll get to you later. Don't worry. Now, what about abortion then? Well, let me just say this a few words and I'll move on. I want to say this to you, that abomination to God is abortion. And I'm sad for our country because our country is out of the will of God. Our world is out of the will of God. So what do we do with it? Well, we're not into placards and running around doing all these kind of things. So we should vote properly, but also this. We should love. We should communicate. If you're here and you're a young girl and you're pregnant and you're thinking of abortion, get the pregnancy resources. Call us. We'll talk to you. We'll help you. We'll get the child adopted. We'll do whatever we can to save the life. Don't make two wrongs. Abortion is simply murder. Number two, you remember Dr. Kevorkian, Dr. Death. Let me say to you that euthanasia An assisted suicide is murder. Now, why would we have to address this? Because in our world, 
it's going to become more and more and more prevalent. Why? Older people, young babies, special needs children, they're no use, get rid of them, do all of these things. Understand Jeremiah says that before you were born, before you were formed in your mom, I had a plan for you. God uses imperfect people. Hello. And remember the principle? Since God gave life, only God can end life. So euthanasia is absolutely murder. Don't even go there. Number three, capital punishment and war are not murder because they're God's way of protecting life. Notice that the sixth commandment, you shall not murder, did not forbid the taking of all life. Throughout the Bible, even the law in the Old Testament, We see provisions, we already read one today, for capital punishment. You take life, your life will be taken. Second, we see warfare. David, a man after God's own heart, was a great warrior. When the children of Israel, when we finish the book of Exodus, they're going to go into the promised land. There's going to be war. They're going to have to battle to take the land that God gave them. So understand, we talked about authority. Well, one of the first places, the primary place that God sets up authority was the home. Dad and mom in authority over the home, over the kids. But it's more than the home. You see, God also established, Romans 13, don't have time to go there, do your homework. Romans 13, 1 through 7. God established the human government to provide justice and see that the law is upheld. And that murderers and people that commit crimes, our punishment. This protecting of human life not only includes our men and women in the Army and the Navy and the Marines and all of those wonderful places, the Air Force. They're here. They're protecting us. Aren't you glad they are? Aren't you glad somebody stepped in when Hitler was there? After 9-11, we're protected But it's not only them. We have wonderful law enforcement people in this community. Firefighters, policemen and women. They protect our homes. We can lay down at night. Isn't it wonderful if something's happening, you can dial 9-11 and somebody will come and help you. I had the privilege of doing a great funeral on Friday for one of the firefighters who died in our community. We had Six or seven hundred police and firemen here from all over the state and from other states. Twenty-four trucks that went for the funeral. And it was a great opportunity. And I just looked at him and said this, we honor you because you protect us. Well, who put all those people in authority? God did. To protect life. Why? Because life is valuable because it's a gift from God. You learned from Pastor Mark's teaching today that commandments 5 through 10 have to do with how men treat each other. You found out that violations of the last nine commandments happen when the first commandment isn't followed. Pastor Mark taught about how when you don't view life as a gift from God, it's easier to abuse life and even take it from others. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue this message, Respect Life, No Anger. You'll hear more about the ways mankind disrespects life and takes control of it into their own hands. You'll be reminded about the sacredness of life and the ways that God has allowed men to honor and protect that high view of life. You'll hear how Jesus raised the bar on respecting life. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, 10 Living Words. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.